You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A-style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. 21 Questions begins now. What's up, she's Tina. Welcome to today's edition, this week's edition of 21 Questions, presented by you fine folks on the KCSN Discord here on KC Sports Network. I'm Tucker Franklin, joined by Matt Lane for this week's edition. Matty, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. Um, we're ba- we're back. Megan, you were we're here back. We're back again. Yep. We're ready to sit down. We're ready to answer answer some questions. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say a lot of people want to know about stuff about training camp. And like, you know, we've we've talked a lot about training camp lately because that's what's going on. So we're trying mm-hmm. to hunt down some of the fun questions. Don't don't I'm not trying to make anyone mad if we don't choose your camp related question here. Just we've been talking a lot about camp. So we're kind of searching and hunting for anything that might be a little different than stuff we've talked about for the past couple shows that we've done. So no offense. We appreciate all the questions, everybody, but yes. we're trying to, we're trying to we're trying to reach out here a little bit. Trying to broaden the old horizons. Cause as Maddie mentioned, you know, I've been doing these uh, daily YouTube videos. If you're not, you know, subscribed, they're going over to our KCSN YouTube channel. I'm giving you all the camp rundown, injury reports, the news, everything like that. And and you guys are also talking about two times a week on the KC Lab. As you, if you know, subscribe to this channel, you probably know the KC Lab already. Uh, but we get these questions from our Discord. You become you become a member of the Discord when you subscribe to the KCSN Substack. It's thirty dollars a year, five dollars a month. You get uh, in your email confirmation, you'll get a link to that Discord where you can join it and ask questions for the Twenty One Questions podcast. Now we don't like to just limit that to just the Chiefs. We get a lot of Chiefs questions, obviously, because that's the big thing to talk about. But there's a lot of things. We've got some college football questions in here. We've got some Hall of Fame questions. We've got a bunch of different stuff to get to. Uh, so, Maddie, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. This first one is a Chiefs question. It's from Just DRK. Uh, we always hear last year's champs are now quote have a target on their back or are the quote hunted. Do we really think teams will play against us, as in the Chiefs? Uh, any differently than they have the last four seasons feel like we've had the target the entire time. What are your thoughts on that, Maddie? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that kind of nails it. The chiefs have been that team essentially since the Patriots kind of were no longer the Patriots, right? In the AFC, every team has taken the chiefs super seriously. We've seen that week in and week out and how many close games the chiefs play when throughout the regular season versus teams that don't end up being near as good as them overall over the last few years. So no, I, I don't think it's any different for the Chiefs. They can't come out and have a lackluster week without kind of paying for it because right. every play is going to be up for that game. They're going to be ready. Over the past four years, the Chiefs have probably beaten their opponent at some point in time. The Chiefs are going to be seen as the biggest threat to winning the Super Bowl for most teams. So, yeah, it's, it is, that's the Chiefs' normal now, right? Their normal is yeah. being the team with the target on their back. That's fine. I think they've learned to embrace it. I think last year was big. They no longer... They, they found a way to put a chip on their shoulder like publicly, but I think it's more so they're putting the chip on their shoulder of us and like, okay, everyone wants to beat us. We know that we're going to find a way to take that personally rather than like necessarily thinking that they are the actual underdogs. And like, I think they're finally comfortable with that, which I don't know if they were in the previous couple seasons. They seemingly, I, I think you guys have talked about this on the lab too. They've kind of embraced that villain type role. Um, and that's been a good thing, I think, for the team. Uh, to embrace that kind of role because people listen I don't, I don't know if you guys know this people aren't very big fans of of the Chiefs and dynasties try, kind of in general right people weren't very happy with the New England Patriots dynasty dynasties get a little uh boring to the casual fan to the fan of if you're not a fan of the team that's in the dynasty 
no one's going to like you. And I think they've kind of embraced that and they've kind of um, been able to to wear that badge proudly and a badge that looks kind of good. I'll be honest. I think it looks uh, looks kind of good. I'm, I'm OK with it. I'm OK with being the bad guys. Love a good heel. Love a good bad guy. I like that she's embracing it. And yeah, the only thing that fans hate more than a dynasty is the next dynasty. Like that's the only thing they dislike more is the next team that's about to be that. So the Chiefs are the Chiefs are kind of on that cusp. It's you know two Super Bowls over four years. I don't know if it's exactly fair to say a dynasty, but then you look at the other. They made it back to the Super Bowl. They host every AFC Championship game. Like they're there. And so like yeah. Fans dislike them greatly from other teams, but I think they're getting close to getting to the, they're also very respected from fans and opponents. And like, now they have to dig yep. into being that, that bad guy. And I, I hope they keep doing it. Cause that, that's what makes it the most fun. I agree. Let's move on to the next question here from tank. The Frank, if Andrew Luck makes it to the hall of fame is the entire system a sham. Now there's been a lot made of the hall of fame system. Uh, which is incredibly interesting uh, of like the people that they let in. Um, I wanted to pull this up, Maddie. I mean, Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame and he doesn't have the best of numbers. Uh, but I agree. I I don't know. I don't think Andrew Luck should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that that's like a hot take just because of, like years of service and everything like that. But what do you think about that, Maddie? Man, um, I think if Andrew Luck makes the Hall of Fame, it's a complete sham. That's mm. that's ridiculous. Did, yeah. did he even amass a hundred games in the NFL? Like, not that that likes to be the only. Man, he's like a yeah. he's a almost a full season for him away from. I don't know, and it's not like he was a overly winning QB. He was a very good QB. His teams won, but it's not like they mm-hmm. were like you know winning or only losing two or three games every year. They didn't really have a deep playoff run or anything like. I don't really know what you have to put the Andrew Luck into the Hall of Fame. I think Joe Namath was a great one you brought up because like the stats are bad, but like he had his time. Like he won, he did the thing. And the Hall of Fame to me, I guess, is you can't tell the story of football without it. There's a good chunk. There's a pretty big part of football that I think gets missing a little bit if you just completely exclude Joe Namath. Like you're missing some meat. If you talk NFL and never mention Andrew Luck and like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at uh, Joe Namath's career, 140 games, uh, quarterback record 62 and 63 and four. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, 27,000 yards, 27,663, 173 touchdowns, 220 interceptions. Um, by Ooh, the way, real bad. with it's not good. Now I know people have brought up when I've brought back, brought up the point about Joe Namath being in the Hall of Fame and how that's kind of uh, a, a sham. Pass interference like wasn't a thing um, when it went in his era, but like nevertheless, Andrew Luck has twenty three thousand six hundred seventy one yards, one hundred seventy one touchdowns, eighty three interceptions, quarterback record of fifty three and thirty three. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough for me to see. I I, I was a big fan of Andrew Luck. I, I like Andrew Luck, and I like those Andrew Luck teams that they had. Uh, did they inflict some pain on some Chiefs teams? Absolutely. Well, did that seem like Andrew Luck was like a kryptonite for the Kansas City Chiefs for a little bit? Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you, Maddie, wholeheartedly that you can tell the story of football without telling, without mentioning Andrew Luck. Um, and he was a good player. That doesn't mean that he, that he is not a bad, fo- that he's a bad football player. Doesn't mean he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think that the, kind of gotten to the point right now in the Hall of Fame where you're letting in a lot of guys where it's just like, ah, does he really deserve to be in there? Um, 
But they don't give and me a vote, the, I guess. So the NFL is pretty decent at not just allowing any guys in either. Um, so like they do kind of like I, I've heard a lot of people explain it to me. Like I've even talked to somebody that you know has had a vote in the past, and like they had said that like they kind of look at it as if you don't really have a good case to be on the all decade team, I'm not voting for you at all. And like mm. at the time, Joe Namath, you could go back then and like, you could make a case there that he kind of would belong on that sixties team as a quarterback. You could make a case with the yeah. Super Bowl win with that success. Andrew Luck. I don't think you can make any case for that. He was never the best quarterback in the league or even really in contention. And I mean, his stats are better than like somebody like Joe Namath. Joe Namath made an all pro team. Andrew yep. Luck never did. Like never once he's a yep. four-time pro bowler. We're putting a four-time pro bowler. Like that's your leading accolade. That's what we're putting on your hall of fame plaque. I don't know. Like I, I would, the hall of fame would definitely lose a level of like regalness. I think with an Andrew Luck getting in there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're talking about, you, you mentioned four-time pro bowler and then an AP comeback player of the year. Uh, those are those two like crowning achievements Ooh. when you go to his pro football reference page, uh, five-time pro bowler for Joe Namath, one-time all pro. Uh, obviously the Super Bowl champion, the AFL championship, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he was the rookie of the year in the AFL. So, I mean, he does have a little bit more illustrious awards than Andrew Luck does. But when you talk about like historically guys who I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that like, like it, Joe Namath was the first person that came to my mind when I think of like people who like shouldn't be in the hall of fame statistically wise, because when you look at his numbers, they weren't as good as they are. The dude did have won a Super Bowl and everything like that. But I do think that that is, wildly interesting uh, i don't i don't think he will be in the hall of fame i should i should mention that yeah i really don't think he will be um but uh to answer tank's question uh, yeah it would be a sham i don't think it's gonna happen but it would we're, be. we're it going would, off it, a tangent here oh, no, I'm going a tangent. okay terrell davis where do you feel about terrell davis being in the hall of fame because that's that's I guess like where you would have to yeah. start for the Andrew Luck argument, right? It's because Terrell Davis essentially only played four full seasons of football, and then he was right. hurt for his last three, and then he was done, and then just pulled the plug. And four full seasons of football. Now in those four seasons, three-time All-Pro, three-time right. Pro Bowl, won the Super Bowl twice, kind of carried the Broncos to one of those Super Bowls, like entirely. Like he was clearly the best, or if not like one of the two best running backs in the '90s. Like that's why he kind of fits into the the cat like the way i look at the hall of fame i think it's kind of hard to talk about how 90s football went and not mention terrell davis at all because you have to talk about those broncos teams and he was such a big part he was clearly one of the best two running backs in the nfl it's like that's why i leaned okay with him even though the career was real short but like i do know some people don't love that you know terrell got in because of the lack of longevity absolutely and i think that does go into uh, when when you talk about Hall of Fame, I think that that kind of goes into it as well as the longevity of a career. Uh, for me personally, I should say, uh, I think that 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 goes into it in like seventy eight games, as you mentioned for Terrell Davis. He he doesn't even hit that one hundred game mark. Uh, but it is a personal accolades, which the Hall of Fame is a personal accolade award that I think kind of sets him apart. With as you mentioned, Maddie, like a four time Pro Bowler. That's that's the that's what we're gonna hang our hat on for Andrew Luck there. Um, I, I, I it's it's tough. It's a tough argument. It's no, it's not the basketball hall of fame where they will literally let anybody in there. Um, but it's not the baseball hall of fame. Will there be some years where they say, you know what? We don't want anybody to go in here. Terrell Davis. If you include the playoffs in 90, 1998, almost had 3000 all purpose yards. And 
Jeez. If you include the playoffs, because he had what? He had like 2,200 in the regular season. Then in the playoffs, he had over 500 yards from scrimmage. Oh he scored over in that year, what? Three, what are we looking at? Almost 30 touchdowns? Like 27 touchdowns and almost 3,000 yards in one season. Like that's that's insane. Yeah. That's a wild collection. So anyway, people go to Terrell Davis a lot for Hall of Fame stuff. I'm on I'm on that he should be allowed to be in there. Um, I that that peaks really, really good. And that's why Jamal Charles should also get in. But uh I don't see a case. I mean, I just I don't see a case for Andrew Luck. I don't know. It's where I'm at. I agree. Let's move on to the next question. This one is college football related. Uh, if you missed Maddie and I's uh, college football show, we spent, what was it, 56 minutes on basically conference realignment and uh, three minutes on the ACC is essentially how that went. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Duncan Angelin asked, what is your opinion on the conference realignment happening in college football? Uh, again, you can go listen to that podcast if you really want to get our full thoughts, but uh, let's give the Cliff Notes version, Maddie. I personally love it. I think I love the chaos. I root for it. I understand, and I put a poll out on Twitter. I think over 200 people voted on it, and the majority said they hate it. Like, I get that. I understand it, especially if your team is involved and, like, rivalries are being uh interrupted i understand but as like an outside perspective to see a bunch of these different like teams moving around different conferences and seeing different teams that don't usually play each other going to play each other like all the time now for some reason i love it i love the chaos yeah i mean i don't i don't have a rooting interest so therefore i don't have a rivalry that i need to be yeah. preserved and that makes it okay with me i'm fine just add different add different teams to different conferences get I mean, listen, in the perfect world, it's going to end up with two super conferences that are going to play each other essentially in a playoff, and the Big 12 is going to kind of be hanging out there looking at them, wondering, you know, what they got going on, right? And, like, yeah. I'm okay with that. We're already heading that way anyway. Just go ahead and do it and get to that point where we put all the best teams that are always playing each other. I no longer need to see Alabama play, you know, a Northwestern Arkansas Tech University. It's just I get why a school wants that as kind of a reset and to get, you know, so get some of their money in and all this stuff. Like I, as a fan don't need to see it. The rivalries that matter to me as like a unbiased, not a fan of either team are going to be preserved because the you know teams that are really, really good are going to find a way to make sure they still play that are making their money. They're going to still play those teams. So right. I'm cool with it. I like it. Keep going down this path in my opinion, but I understand why fans of certain teams get upset when they lose some of Absolutely. their favorite rivalries. I, Maddie, I had this thought yesterday, and I, I don't know if I don't even know if I've brought it up to you until right now. What? Uh, do you think the expanded playoff with it going to what is it going to, to now? 12 is it 12? I know they talked about going to 16 eventually. It's is it 12. 12 right now? Okay, do you think that that will kind of create? I think that'll create, listen to me, I, I think it will create more rivalries, uh, in terms of that regard, and maybe traditional ra rivalries not necessarily fall to the wayside but rivalries created in the college football playoff will then take higher precedence. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, I think the 12-team playoff is also only set in for this year and next year, I think. So it's only technically two years guaranteed, and then it, yeah. who knows where it's going after that. So we'll see. 64. But, um, <laughs> oh boy. But, um, yeah, it's so like that's <laughs> one thing. And then, yeah, it's kind of like the NFL, right? Like, Yes, you have rivalries within your division, and I think these big conferences are going to try to maintain some of those as they add new teams with these little pod systems and stuff that they're doing or these like protected mm -hmm. games. 
But what's going to happen is you're going to have teams that are constantly good that play in, you know, a, to the same level every year. And they're going to routinely see each other in the playoffs. And like right. that to me is just as much fun, especially again, as a non-fan, that's probably more fun than just seeing, you know, uh, Alabama and Auburn, even though Auburn's terrible, just to see what kind of magic, if they can upset, I'm like, okay, the upset's cool, but I, I don't get psyched all year waiting for Alabama Auburn. Cause I know that one team is significantly better than the other. Mm-hmm. And that Auburn is just playing their entire season to upset them. Like that doesn't excite me as much as waiting to see Georgia and Alabama in the sec title game. That has a lot more yeah. vitriol for me, a lot more excitement. What they should do is they should go, as you mentioned, two conferences, oh, yeah. uh, maybe like, maybe, maybe let's go like, f- let's say four like divisions. And then out of those divisions, you take each division winner. And then after that, you would have, uh, let's call them wild card spots that you could have for the playoffs. Uh-huh. And then you could put them, then like, a, let's say three wild card teams make it. Um, and then you could give the first team a bye. The, the team gets the number one seed, you gets a bye. From each um, conference, right? From each conference, yeah, yeah. So like uh, each of the conferences have their own side. And then they they go and they play together, and like the winner of one conference will play the winner of the other conference in a in basically like a national championship or a, a very excited, some could say a super type bowl game. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe that could be a, a possible uh, discussion that they could explore. I'm really just here for the money to get figured out to where the Big Twelve can be like a relegation league. So like the winner of the yeah. big 12 every year gets to just take the part of the teams that finished last in each one of the super conference. So like the two best teams, in the big 12 every year get a move up and the two worst teams every year get a move down. And then now we just have like some, I think not a big soccer guy, but we got some, uh, some soccer action going on over here where you got sure. some relegation, you got some teams playing up and you know, eventually we just end up with the best teams in the same two conferences. <laughs> I think that's the way to do Sorry, it. Sorry, Vanderbilt. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, all right, we got to take a break, but when we get back, we will. Uh, we've got some more questions about some college football realignment and even some food takes coming up next on Twenty One Questions. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back into 21 Questions here on KC Sports Network. I'm hanging out with Maddie Lane. I'm Tucker Franklin. We've got this question from Julian K. 10 out of 10 with Rice. He asks... What is Ken's best food take, Maddie? Doesn't exist. Uh, Doesn't I'll exist. S- I, I will say the Joe's sandwich, the Z-Man on toast, he was the one that said the Z-Man, you put it on toast. That's probably his best one. What's the other option? It's on a bun? Is that really that much worse? It's like a hoagie bun, yeah. Well, no, not really. But like it, it <laughs> makes it better on it makes it better on <laughs> Texas toast. I will say. I will, I'll give him credit for that one. I mean, like, listen, uh, I mean, Kent has sent us to some good barbecue places to eat. He's yes. also sent me to some not good ones that like made me want to slaps my face. Um, and so like, you know, there, there's some okay stuff in there, but for the most part, like his, his good food takes are very safe. They're right down the middle. They're like, Hey, you know, what's really good that they're pizza, but then Kent tries to add cream cheese and pepperoni to it. And it just ruins it. So like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> there's no such thing as a good Kent food take. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I, I I don't know. I th- I think that I think his his take of his take of a uh, Z-Man on toast is a good one, I, and he anything with chicken, um, is also a pretty solid bet if he's gonna give you advice on chicken somewhere, um, especially <laughs> the fried variety, right? Especially if it comes <laughs> from a barbecue place. Um, anyhow, uh, let's move on to uh, Bones Jackson. He asks us, do you get happy that football is starting or sad summer is ending? Maddie, I'm actually a summer guy. I like summer. Very big fan of summer. Uh, Tara, my girlfriend, very big fan of fall. Like it, like in, in July, she's like, I cannot wait for fall to get here. Um, and it's just because she likes the feeling of fall, which makes sense. The fall is a great time. Uh, what are your thoughts on football starting or sad summers ending? Well, I hate the heat. The heat mm. can kick rocks. Not, not mm. a fan of the heat. I sweat enough as it is. I have a very old house. It does not hold out the heat very well. Uh, you know, so like I, I'm always, I like the summer. I like once we get out of when it's, you know, quote unquote cold here in North Carolina and then it starts warming up. I like that idea because I also don't need it to be winter. Like I like the warm, but then I'm ready for the warm to be over. Um, so yeah, no, give me football season. Excited football season's here. Sad ish that summer's going for sure, but like, I, you know, I'll live without having to wake up sweating at 6 a.m. because it's already 88 degrees and only going up. Absolutely fair. Um, I, what I do enjoy about, I know some people like to live 
in different places because they can have like nice weather all the time, right? Like uh like a Florida or an Arizona, right? Sure. What I like about living in Missouri and Kansas City specifically is I get to experience all four seasons. Sometimes in a week I get to experience all four seasons. You get like three weeks of great weather every year, and then the rest you're just all over the place. Exactly. I I don't mind it personally. I know a lot of people like don't like it. I don't I don't care for I mean I, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, what I actually really, what I think is really interesting too, this is going to turn into a weather podcast. Missouri and Kansas have had like the most severe weather warnings in like the last month and a half than any other state in the union, which is kind of a crazy thing, uh, to think about. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. We've had a lot of tornadoes, a lot of tornadic activity. You know, that, that does tend to happen there in the, uh, Missouri, Kansas alleyway, so to speak mm-hmm. of the United yeah. States during tornado season. Some some would call it a tornado alley. Um, all right, let's get to Mike Denny's question here. This is, a, I think that this is a layup. I think this is an easy question. Oh, yeah, Maddie, Mike Denny, what pro sport would you like to see add to added to Kansas City? It's the NBA. Oh, I thought we were saying curling. Uh, that would be a cool one. We've already got professional bull riding, so I mean, uh, that would happen. I think on. Saturday, I think Creed was out there. Creed's like an ambassador for the Kansas City Outlaws. Um, I don't I mean checks out. Yeah. No, I mean it's basketball. The answer's basketball. I you know, I'm sure some other people in the world would like hockey to be in Kansas City. I think sure. minor league hockey teams have always had a pretty good turnout and a pretty good run. I and mean, they still have what the Mavericks are still going strong out there. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, a lot of Casey Blades games. So like it's always been a it's always been good out there for the, for the hockey scene, but like I, I think basketball is where we, both of us would get very excited. I don't, I don't think it's particularly close. I agree. Um, Lee 87 asked, rank your impression of this training camp on the cheeseburger scale for me. Cheeseburger so scales far. back, baby. Yep. Cheeseburger scale is back. Okay. Now I got to remember McDonald's being the absolute worst. I think we had one mm-hmm. coming in is just slightly below average. We did, um, what did we end up with next was the Westport flea market burger was above average. And then the best one, according to Andy Reid, this is not my rankings was town topic. Um, this training camp town topic because training camp is always great. I mean, training camp is not bad as long as, as long as stars don't get hurt. It's all at training camp. is always gonna be town topic Four one out for Nizzy Johnson stinks at Charles O'Mini. you know, suspension got announced in the middle of training camp, but still town topic. Young guys look good. Veterans look better. There's nothing really to be disappointed about during training camp. It's training camp. Like you can't be disappointed. Like I said, unless a major, like a major player gets, you know, injured for the year. Every team has hope. The NFL does a great job at marketing and selling hope to every team, except the Raiders. Uh, (laughs) It's true. But the Falcons, that's true. The Falcons. Um, I was going to say something nice about the Falcons. I decided not to. Um, Okay. Kyle C asked, if you didn't cheer for the Chiefs, what team would you root for? And if you've been following me on Twitter for long enough, you know that I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, Secretly, I'm a closeted Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, So that's who I would be. That's because of Cam Newton. That was a very impressionable years of my childhood. Uh, Was a very big, uh, you know, Cam Newton fan when he was at Auburn. Then he went to Carolina, had that run to the Super Bowl, which was pretty, pretty fun and pretty magical. That defense was good. Uh, I like the color blue. Blue is my favorite color. And that like little baby blue, little powder blue they got going on there. Panthers is a cool name. So, yeah, uh, that's what I got for the team that I would cheer for if the Chiefs didn't exist. Man, I I don't know. Um, I rooted. I, so 
back about me when I was a child, I wanted to be contrarian. So like I wasn't a Chiefs fan until I was like 10. I probably rooted for just other teams and players just to go against like what my dad liked, I guess, just for fun. So like, I like Jerry Rice. I actually, my first Chiefs game, I'm pretty sure I wore like a Jerry Rice jersey to it. And then my second Chiefs game that I remember, I wore a Randy Moss Vikings jersey to it because, you know, I just liked, I liked players versus like anything else. But like, I've never rooted for another NFL team. It's just always been players. Um, So I, I don't know. I do remember the Panthers and Jaguars being added to the NFL. If I didn't have a team that I specifically rooted for, I would like to think that I would have leaned into one of those. And early on, uh, the Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle, Mike Brunell, Fred Taylor uh, Jaguars were more fun, I think, than the Panthers when they initially got there. Like soon, yeah, you had Dell, the Dell Holmes running stuff. But like the Jaguars kind of hit the ground running and were a lot of fun. So maybe I would be in that pit of pain rooting for Jacksonville. I don't know. Another team I really liked was Minnesota. I think it was because of Adrian Peterson. Um, and I think that that's why I think I just, I write in the same department as you is just because of Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah. It's just all about, it's, yeah. It's just all about players. If you, if I'm not rooting for them, that's like kind of how I go with like college football. I just try to find somebody that's fun. And then a couple of players that I like, cause like it's yeah. easier to latch onto a player than it is to be like, I like the scruples of this football organization. <laughs> like, why? What's my con- what would my connection be to the Arizona Cardinals? Like I, I you know what mm. I mean. So it's just yeah, I think it would just be kind of picking players. Um, but yeah, maybe it would have been Jacksonville just because of they were a new team added and that kind of puts everybody on the even playing field. Let's get back to a camp question here. I think this is a really interesting one from Kay Govinger. Uh, from the start of camp to now, who has worked their way onto the fifty-three man and who has dropped off the fifty-three man roster? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I think the one for me, because when I did my initial 53 man roster projection, I didn't have Justin Ross on there. And that might be an easy answer for me to make right now because I had Richie James instead of Justin Ross. Um, The only reason I had Richie James on there was because of the special teams ability that, you know, Richie James had actually done in New York. He'd actually played special teams. So I was like, okay, he's actually done this before. So I'm going to err on that side. Now we're seeing a little bit more of what Justin Ross can do. And I've been able to see it. Listen, it's a show me state. I live in Missouri. You got to show it to me. Uh, Justin Ross has shown it to me. I think that he's kind of made his way onto the 53-man roster. I'm going to have to think about the way off of it. Okay. Uh, but do you have any other thing for making the way on? Yeah, I'm going to Maddie answer this. It's, pretty, it's easy for me. Nick Jones, um, seventh-round yeah. pick. Probably wasn't going to make the – I mean, like, not probably wasn't going to make the team, but, like, if you were predicting out 53, it's gonna he's definitely going to be in a 50-50 slot at the very end. Now with the injury to Nizzy Johnson, though, and the way he's played well, like, and it sounds like the reports yes. have, been, have been good, and he's got a lot of praise from you know, his special teams play, too. I think he's probably pretty safely on now. So maybe he wasn't entirely off, but he, pro- I think he went from at least, you know, at best a 50-50 spot to a guaranteed on. Um, playing their way off, I don't know if I see anybody. Like, this Chiefs team, I think, has got good depth, but their depth is it like kind of strong positions already. It's like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if anybody's worked their way off. I would, we as KCSN kind of like some of their undrafted free agent linebacker, like rookies that they brought in with the Isaiah Moore and, um, Oh, guy out of Indiana, whose name I'm just completely blanking on right now. But we put a shot for both of those guys to like make the roster because we kind of like the depth and stuff they'd add. So I don't, I don't feel super strongly about that at this point in time. Like, I don't think they're going to keep one of these undrafted free agent linebackers. So I guess I can say they played their way off. Yeah. 
Isaiah Moore didn't have a knee injury, and he ended up having to have surgery. Mm. Um, so he's Cam Jones? On season... Is that who I'm thinking of? Cam Jones? Uh, I might be thinking of Cam Jones. That sounds about right. Uh, yes, who was I Cam talking Jones. about? Oh, I was talking about Isaiah Moore. Sorry. No, you're right on Isaiah Moore. I just didn't think of the yeah. Indiana linebacker. It's Cam Jones. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Cam Jones. That's right. Isaiah, I had Isaiah Moore on also initially on my 53-man roster because I thought they the Chiefs really liked him and the way he did his special teams and kind of that he would serve that same like Jack Conklin role. Jack Conklin's been getting a whole lot of run right now with the ones. And I think that should be taken with a grain of salt because uh, Drew Tranquil has like been hurt and they haven't like thrusted him in all the way yet from coming back from, I think he had a neck and then he had something else. Um, I don't know what his other injury was, but he's been working back from these things. They're not thrusting him into these team situations. I noticed that he was playing a lot there in base and we know with Isaiah Moore being shelved for the season, I think Jack Conkern's kind of worked his way onto this roster. I really, I think I'm with you, Maddie. I don't know if I can think of anybody off the top of my head who's played themselves off of the roster, I think I'm more interested in seeing like what they do with the wide receiver room because Canarius Tony is making the initial roster. Um, it's what they do after yeah. that with with do is it the do they cut Blake Bell? Is that who they cut? Is that the surprise cut? And then they add Blake Bell back. Or, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, and I think that's what's so intriguing to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there, there's definitely moves that I think they, they can make that might surprise us. But like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if anybody's just been like blatantly jumped. I guess to put Justin Ross on there, somebody does have to be knocked off somewhere along the, the way or to, I mean, Nick Jones, I guess, played his way in there. To, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who's coming off right now. It's kind of in a weird spot. And like, I don't, I just don't have anybody. I thought about this yeah. the other day. It's like, I don't have anybody. Like if I'm doing a projection right now, I don't have anybody. Like I've been asked, Who's the surprise cut? I'm like, I don't have a good surprise cut, I don't think. Right. I, don't, I think that's because everyone's played fairly well this camp. There hasn't been anybody that's been yeah. like, ah, they haven't played very good at all this camp. I can't think of anybody at the top of my head that I've thought negatively about in this camp and the way that they've performed. Um, I have one, but he wasn't going to make the roster anyway. Um, it's just a, you know, it's a quarterback slash cornerback that can't run. And, you know, I'll let everybody else detect the rest of that. Fair. Uh, again, uh, there's no none of nothing that was too big of a surprise. So, uh, Maddie, let's go to this one from Jay the Fan. I think this is a really interesting question too. Where would you take the Chiefs wide receivers in a best ball draft? Kelsey is top ten, but then the rest it's a free for all after that. Tucker, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know a secret. Best ball became a thing when I stopped playing fantasy, like a wide mainstream thing. When I stopped, like after I stopped playing fantasy football, yeah. I have no idea where anybody goes in best ball. Never done one. I have no clue how Fair. to answer this. Uh, best ball. Am I am I correct in assuming this that like? No, I don't even know how, how does best ball work. You'd have to tell me how best ball even works. Yeah. So let me. Uh, it's it's a fantasy football format where the best possible lineup is automatically selected for each team. At the end of the week, the highest scoring players are automatically inserted into the starting spots. Um, oh. So there's no roster management. The team manager drafts okay. will be there for the entire season. There's no need to worry about weekly waivers. Um, and the the most popular content. It's like a large tournament. Basically, is how best ball works. No, is it you guys? Can you? How do I say this right? Is it like a draft where you each team can only have one player, or is it a huge group to where you can just assign anybody to your team? So I think you have to draft the team still. Okay. I, I see, so okay. I haven't done a best ball ever. Like I haven't done that either. But like I, I'm aware right. of what it is. Right. Um. And personally, I think I would stay like away from the Chiefs receivers. Kind of like last year, though. You know, it's like in fantasy, it was 
they were the Chiefs weren't a very good fantasy team for receivers when it came to it because one week Juju Smith would have a really big week, and then it would be like um, MVS, and then it would be Jody Ford. Like there was no one guy was having a big week all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable taking a whole lot of Chiefs wide receivers because it's going to be like a spread amount type approach again. Right. I mean, like I think maybe you would snag a. a Justin Watson or just Justin Ross, not Justin Watson, Justin Ross at the end of your draft, because yeah. I think if you have a guy that might have a couple games where he just explodes based on what we've seen. And like, so it sounds like the whole point of best ball is you're not putting this guy in your lineup. You just kind of have him. You're so if a guy's inconsistent, that doesn't seem to be a huge knock. You're just looking right. for guys that have explosive games. And Justin Ross could be a guy that if camp is any indication might have a couple games where he gets multiple touchdowns or just has a couple big catches I think Sky Moore is the wide receiver you'd want in a traditional fantasy league. I just don't know if he's ever going to be putting up enough points, I guess, mm. in a best ball format to really matter if I'm understanding the concept well enough. So, like, yeah, I, Ross towards the end, though. MVS okay. will have a couple big games, too. The problem with MVS is, like, you know it's capped at, like, three tops. Like, it will not be more. It's going to be three really good games, maybe. So, like, maybe, though, because he'll have a big one. Like, it won't be a, oh, here's 60 yards and a touchdown. No, he'll have a 150 yards and a touchdown in a game or two touchdowns because that's just kind of how his career goes. <laughs> They've been airing it out a little bit more, too, in camp. They've been yeah. throwing a little bit more deep balls, and I want to kind of see that aspect like, come to play out a little bit more um, in the Chiefs' offense. But we've got a few more questions coming up here on uh, 21 Questions, but first got to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready to go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Go in for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG. Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Got a few more questions here up on 21 Questions. I'm Tucker Franklin hanging out with Matt Lane here. Uh, we're going to get to a question from Craig Stout. He asked us, how much annually would you pay to stream a, regular, a singular conference's football games? My initial thought was I wouldn't pay at all because at the end of the day, I have um, means to, sh to, to get a, a watch games online that I need. However, I thought about this. If, if I get, a, if the, if the games are hosted like natively, like if it's on a thing mm. where I can watch the replays, 
and I get to watch all SEC games, however, whenever I want to, based on like their replays and stuff. Who I don't know. I might, I might go up to like a hundred dollars, probably to watch all the SEC games if they're if they're safe, right? Like if it's like SEC version of NFL Game Pass, but not broken like NFL Game Pass, I might go up that high. Talk about making draft season a little bit easier. I was gonna say that's why that's the ballpark I was getting to of like a NFL Game Pass type type deal for if you had that set up for them it'd be pretty sick too uh for the sec we could you would have like the condensed games with the full game replay with the coaches like all 22 oh oh if you're giving me all 22 i'd probably go even higher if it was like functioning well Mm. um like even i'm just talking like just raw broadcast replays even i'd probably i'd probably spend a hundred dollars a year to watch all sec games if assuming that also includes like anytime they play out of conference too um and not like as long as one sec team is playing yeah that makes sense all right here's one uh from jay the fan if you had to ballroom dance on live tv with one chiefs player who are you choosing for your co-host um i'm gonna pick travis kelsey yeah wouldn't get arrest it. me i get it he can probably he can probably dance a little bit i yeah. can't ballroom dance i need so i would need somebody that can either lead it or counter is i need somebody that would just make it hilarious mm, creed i'm going i think i was gonna go creed i think creed might be my answer for this give me that's a strong one yeah just me and creed out there ballroom dancing chris wouldn't be bad either no, he he wouldn't be. I'm trying to think of more more guys on that. And make sure there's no wardrobe malfunctions like in Indianapolis, though. I gotta be careful. Make sure there's no, make sure there's no spandex going on. I uh, gotta gotta keep keep it in the barn. Uh, <laughs> I don't We're know. I can't. I, back. I can't. I can't think of of anybody else. I mean, Travis. I think is a guy. We haven't mentioned Pat, but like, he would take it too seriously. I, I think he would want to be good at it. Yeah, he'd want to be too like good at it or at minimum like competent. It's very interesting. Very interesting question that uh, I probably should have prepared a little bit more for. But what makes 21 questions so good is the unprepared nature of how we answer the questions of just like asking us and we just give you our honest and raw yeah. uh, reaction. Like this one from Casey from Casey. Maddie. Coleslaw has to go with dot, dot, dot. The trash can. Oh, not a big coleslaw fan. Not at all. And mm. I think when I lived in Missouri, it was fine. Like you put it out there and I probably wasn't going to eat it or anything like that. But like, if I had to poke around on it, sure. Move to North Carolina. They want to put that on everything. My barbecue sandwich does not need coleslaw on top of it. I promise you. I promise you. I don't need it on there. Don't do it. Make me ask for it on there. Don't just do it on your own. No, it only belongs in the trash now because of what these North Carolinian people have done. Mm to whatever they claim is their barbecue by putting coleslaw on it. Coleslaw is very hit or miss for me. I There's something about like some coleslaws I like and some I'm just like, mm, not a big fan of. And I think there's, there's so many variants in coleslaw. Like there's so many different things that you can add to coleslaw to make it uh, taste better and stuff like that. And I haven't put my finger on what it is that makes it sour for me. Cause like sometimes raising canes coleslaw, I can eat it and be like, okay, that was, that was all right. And then sometimes that you can eat raising canes coleslaw and be like, that was awful. Um, so I don't know if it's like my taste buds on a day or what it is or what else I eat in that day that changes with it. Um, but I'm very like hot and cold on coleslaw. Yeah, I, I never need it ever. It, like I said, it can go in the trash. I 
there's like a spicy coleslaw on a very specific type of burger where they're like, hey, we've added extra stuff to it to make it fit in with the rest of this burger so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Like I've had a couple like Thai-themed cheeseburgers or burgers, not without cheese, but with yep. a Thai coleslaw on it. Very good. You just can't slap it in the middle of my sandwich just because you want to and expect me to be okay with it. No, you've, you've turned me on the entire food because of how you've treated it. A Thai coleslaw is good though. A Thai slaw. We uh at the uh, at the KCSN golf tournament they had a uh, a uh, mission taco. I should I should give context to this. A uh, mission taco was giving out tacos obviously beforehand. It was a buffalo chicken taco. They put coleslaw on top of it, but it was like a buffalo chicken slaw. It was a different type yeah. of slaw than it was just like a regular coleslaw. It was good. Um, I do love a good a, a good Thai slaw. That's a good point you bring up. But like traditional coleslaw and sometimes KFC slaw, I think is good. I don't know. Maybe it's like I, I've got to do more research into my slaw taste uh, because I think that there's something there's something going on there. Uh, <laughs> something going on. <laughs> I I am so here for the new TikTok thing to be you just trying different, different fast food slaw. restaurant coleslaws and reacting to it. Like mm, I don't like this one. And I just keep going. <laughs> That's all the video is: is me taking a bite of slaw and saying. I don't like no, not this one. And <laughs> end video. Uh, I think that series has legs. Heard it here first. That's serious legs on that one. All right, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, I need trademark it. Uh, this question from Kay Gummager is for me. Who is more likely to make the playoffs, Sporting KC or the KC Current? Um, I, I, my first gut reaction is Sporting. Uh, but I know Sporting. I don't know. I don't think any of either of them are going to make the playoffs, to be honest with you. Uh, but, like, I, I need to check the standings because I think Sporting is in a better striking distance than what the current are. I, I apologize. I'm not up on my Kansas City soccer. It's very uh, very not on brand for me. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, the, yeah, Sporting or the current are last right now. And I do think Sporting is in, yeah, Sporting is only two games or how many points? They're 26. The last playoff spot is uh, 29. So, yeah, they're only three points away from that last playoff spot. I'm going to say sporting um, just because I think that they're closer. That's a safe bet for me, I guess. Your logic is outstanding. Sound. Um, <laughs> if I'm nothing but have sound logic, that's all I can ask for. Um, okay. Two more questions here. This one's from Casey and Casey again. Shout out Casey and Casey from Casey. Um, what's the latest the Chiefs can add a veteran D lineman and have them ready to play at expectation level in week one? Mm. Okay. I think it Question. depends. Well, I mean, obviously it depends on who you're going to sign and what they're going to do. Carlos Dunlap can probably come in the week of and know the playbook and go out there and give you however many reps that his conditioning level is up for. And I, I doubt that a Carlos Dunlap would be completely out of shape. So you're going to ask someone to come in and play 15 snaps on week one. You could sign Dunlap the week off. And I think get by with that. Um, if you're talking about somebody that hasn't been here before, like let's say, I don't know, Shelby Harris, who would be a great person to bring in this room, whether or not Chris Jones is here or not. Uh, he might, I mean, I think starting sometime in the preseason, you would probably like to get him in here before the first preseason game. At the absolute worst, I think before the second preseason game, if you see some of these depth defensive linemen don't have the juice that they need to have just to be able to make it for the regular season. If, you know, Daniel Wises and stuff like that aren't being up to snuff 
to play in the actual NFL as start and starting levels. They're not going to be able to give you 15 quality reps. Maybe you go make that move. I think you would like to get somebody that's never been here before a couple preseason games under their belt to learn with live, you know, live fire. So I would say before the second preseason game. I, uh, I did this research for the video on Friday uh, because I was more focused on the defensive end room, especially with the Charles and Menahue suspension coming down of like who they all have in that room. Right now, prior to 53, prior to the cuts, which is on August 29th, they have George Karloftis, Mike Dana, who plays both, uh, Felix Enudike Uzoma, Malik Herring, BJ Thompson, and Josh Kendo. That's what that room consists of right now. Um, That's better than the D tackle room. And then, yes, that is better than the D tackle room. Um, and I think that if you do add somebody, I do mention, I think Shelby Harris would be a great ad. I think. Carlos, I, really, I thought Carlos Dunlap was kind of going to be a foregone conclusion that he was going to come back. Maybe he just doesn't want to play again. Who knows? Um, maybe he wants a little bit more money than the Chiefs are willing to offer. All could be situations. Um, listen, if Carlos Dunlap didn't want to play another snap of football, he ended on a great, great note. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so I could understand him not wanting to come back. The Chiefs are kind of, and I and I have been very high on this defense, and that was operating under the knowledge that the Chiefs were going to have Chris Jones and Charles Amenehu, um for the first six weeks, and that's not going to happen. One, I know for a fact that that's not actually going to happen. They might have Chris Jones, but they're not going to have Charles Amenehu for the first six weeks, and that makes it a little bit harder on the defense when their defensive line, and especially the interior of the defense, when you have such a game re- game wrecker in, um, in Chris Jones. But kind of after that, I mean, you got Tershawn Morton coming off of an injury. Uh, you don't know if he's really fully back to what he was before his ACL injury. It, it it's it that room is a little that line as a whole getting a little iffy right now in camp. Um I, I don't know what do you, I, I guess I'm going to turn this to another question. Like what's your confidence level in it as it stands right now going into week 1? I think that I think they're still going to add at least one player. And like I think yeah. so I was looking around when I'm trying to think we're talking about projections again like I understand that we as fans love BJ Thompson and the idea of BJ Thompson. I like Truman Jones and the idea of Truman Jones and Keandre Coburn. Like, but are any of those guys ready? If Felix ready to play right now yeah. and provide you quality reps, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. And the Chiefs obviously will, but like, I just don't feel great. And then once you get past them, am I feeling great about a Josh Kando if he has to step in and play a Daniel Wise, a Matt Dickerson? Like, I don't feel great about a lot of guys they have being forced in there to play reps. Like, I think they not only need to add guys for depth before this was before the Omenihue thing, like suspension here, yeah, before yeah. the questions about Chris Jones, they needed to add somebody to the rotation. Now they might need to add somebody that can actually eat into real reps. And so, like, yeah, I think they probably need somebody at both spots. I mean, like with the Omenihue thing, I think they'll need somebody at both spots, but at minimum, they need a guy that can come in and play. 40% of the snaps if they need it at defensive end or D tackles. Like, I don't know. I think they'll add someone if they don't, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough start yeah. to the year. I think for that defense, that's a lot of young guys that got to catch up um, to, yeah. to where they need to be as the season goes on. Well, this next question, this last question we're going to answer here kind of goes into that though, Maddie, just DRK asks, Uh-oh. how do the chiefs create any cap space for, for the season or any late vet additions without a new Chris Jones deal? It's It's tight really tight um i'm not a cap expert i think they can technically still do get probably save a little bit with kelsey i think they could extend kelsey i don't know how long his deal runs right now but i do think that you could extend him 
um, and maybe cut out a little bit. Not a lot. It won't be a lot of money, right? But like, I think, mm-hmm. I think you can make that work. Um, outside him, find a trade partner for Clyde edwards Lair, maybe. Yeah. Not it. Now, also, we're sitting here in August. Guys available for the most part are probably looking at vet minimum type deals. So like you're That's just it. chopping off the guys at the bottom of the roster already. So like, like right now, the last couple guys all that are counting against the Chiefs cap are like a Daniel Wise, Michael P. Ryan, Cole Christensen. They're all making just under a mil already. Like if you're signing guys to vet minimum and then like I know there's exceptions and stuff. So if someone's going to take a vet minimum, they might actually just be able to fit it in. No problem. I don't, again, not a cap expert. According to Spot Track, I just pulled this up real quick because I was curious. Um, the amount of cap space that the that the Kansas City Chiefs have ranks 32nd in the league, and they only have approximately. Now, this isn't this isn't official. This isn't. Uh, this is just our best speculation that we can get to as fans from Spot Track about four hundred forty six thousand dollars in cap space from the top fifty one. Um, that's less than ideal. Uh, as if I could put it kindly. Uh, and it's going to be very tough to get anything done. As you mentioned, the Travis Kelsey deal, I think he still has maybe three or two or three years left on that deal. Um, but like people aren't going to want to hear this. How much longer do you want to put him on contract? I, I know like I, I feel the had a really good, I retweeted it on Twitter, but field had a really good thing is he's always going to be late. He'd rather be one year late on Travis Kelsey than one year early on giving up on Travis Kelsey. And I get that. I understand that. Uh, I'm sure the team would probably wants to think that way too, but that cliff is coming. Like Travis Kelsey is eventually going to retire. Like that's not a, a blasphemous thing to say. How much longer do you want to extend him? Um, I, I don't know. It's a tough question. Yeah. And so I'm trying to, I was briefly trying to look. Um, I think the chiefs could sign anybody to a vet minimum contract and it wouldn't impact their cap space. Um, so the top so 51. They, yeah. Yes, because even though they're making more, there's the um the way it is been the way it is that the veteran salary benefit or whatever they the full thing doesn't count against the cap. It, it, it's straight from the CBA. I'm paraphrasing it all, but they could sign guys to vet minimum. The player would get you know it depends on how long they played a little probably over a million per year. Uh, but the Chiefs would not lose anything against the cap. So they could sign guys for vet minimum if they needed to actually pay anybody real money though. I think Kelsey. Joe Tooney can technically be extended. They just did it last year, though. I don't, I don't yeah. want to go back to that well for an offensive guard. That is, that is not where I want to be. But like, that's kind of their only other option, I think. So, you know, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. That's all I got that's, for you. That, that's it. It's, it's a bleak way to end the podcast. But I mean, uh, it's it's tough for Trade Clyde. to do anything without Trade Clyde. Trade Clyde. doing that. Um, yes. All right, Maddie. That's going to do it for this week's edition, edition, episode and edition of 21 Questions. Thank you guys for listening all the way to the very end of this podcast. We appreciate every single one of you for answering questions. Again, if you want to get in on the question and asking fun, you can go subscribe to our Substack, kcsn.substack.com for $30 a year or $5 a month. That'll get you access to our KCSN uh, Discord, where in the Discord you can ask us questions in the 21 Questions channel. We'll be doing this all the time as the season comes around. Uh, programming note, it's probably it's going to come out on Tuesdays in the season. Um, this will mm-hmm. come out Tuesdays in the season. Uh, just a heads up. I know people ask me all the time in, in, in the Discord when it's going to come out. We're going from Mondays to Tuesdays. So 
Mark your calendars. When the season starts, that's when it'll do. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end. For Matt Lane, I'm Tucker Franklin. We will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.